Longtime listeners of our show will know that we are always big fans of immediate Sakuga. So (laughs) we have no complaints here. You kick him through another wall. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 136. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Ed. Well, what is up, everybody? Let's talk about some really freaky crap. <laughs> I mean, happy Halloween. <laughs> Yo, that's right. <laughs> if you're hearing this, it's no longer Halloween. We record in the future. Yeah. Uh, we're time travelers, but we're better time hey. travelers. We don't get stuck like Zillion. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> shots C- fired. Careful. He might appear behind you and just start discoing and, and then disappear <laughs> immediately afterwards. Can't kill him the zillion. <laughs> um, housekeeping up top. You're used to it. You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Remember, that's C-O-R. Uh, follow us on all the platforms because that helps. And then leave a like. And comment because we love to hear from you. It gives us insight as well. The easiest way how we've gotten this far is word of mouth. So tell a friend to find deals on business insurance by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. <laughs> and once uh, once we get into this episode, you're going to learn why insurance is important. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about Neela and we have her story. Uh, so obviously listen to her bio first. It helps. And we have a cameo uh, I, first. I'm but, so happy with the cameo, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to be a pleasant one because the role they play is great. Uh, and a story best told in three parts. You know how we like to do it. But there's a little bit something extra at the beginning here, which is a scripture. Uh, so, quote, you will know joy. You will be a hero. And you will pass into legend as all great heroes do. The only price I ask for such treasures is you. And that's from the cycle of Ashlesh, chapter 10, verse 7. Ooh. Any Old Testament fans out there? <laughs> Get in the comments if you rock with the Torah. <laughs> um I and like that like the fact that this starts off with this passage is already just like so eerie because if you haven't listened to the Neela episode, you go listen to it or this isn't going to make sense. Yeah. Um, but like we already kind of had like ideas of what happened to Neela and the fact that like, no, she doesn't even remember her own name. Um, or does she? And, or does she? And then it's like, oh, well, so what happened down there? Like, did she meet Ashlesh? And then this makes it really sound like she might have met Ashlesh. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because when you have someone, because when she was younger, she was a big fan, right? Kind of fangirling. And it reminds me of big fans. Like, when we were younger, right? And you would have, like, a Nintendo fan at school. And you would criticize a Nintendo game or whatever. And they'd be like, no, that's not true because I know this because my dad works at Nintendo, right? It's a fan lying to reinforce something that they are identifying with, right? And well, I'm being serious, Hatch. Okay, don't you laugh at me. I'm making a point. Okay? Uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the kid that we all met that had an uncle that worked at Nintendo. <laughs> And when they identify with that thing, they tend to lie, not in a malicious malicious way, but to protect the thing they love. 
And with her experience being a nerd for demonic things and also the magical, you know, Avengers in hell that fight these things, I wonder, it, it, it gives you that that question mark of, is anything she's saying true or is she constantly referencing Ashland? Like, no, I met her, right? We, we hung out and we're cool and now I'm her soldier. Is that her embellishing or lying <laughs> or is she fucking possessed? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? I I think because uh, especially like once we get into this story, it'll be a little more clear. But yeah. like ignoring this story and just reading like over the bio, right? Because um, like we we did like I even did like just a quick readout of all of her triumphs in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she is capable of fighting with borderline superhuman strength and ability, right? Yeah. So. It makes me it makes me lean more towards the possession or aspect angle mm-hmm. more than the other one, just off of physical prowess, not off of her demeanor and her actions. But she definitely one hundred percent acts like that kid. Yeah, like I don't. I'm not taken away from that. All right, that her behavior is that. Yeah, but she. At the very least, she could kick my ass. The kid that I met when I was in school that talked like that, he could not kick my ass. It's <laughs> yeah, a good point. So let's get into it. So part one, we start with that scripture, and then we go to Oyster Bill's Oyster Bar, owned by the infamous Oyster Bill. <laughs> and for my fairly odd parents out there, if you remember Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome, it gives you yes. that kind of vibe. <laughs> Oyster Bill, owner of the Oyster Bill Oyster Bar. (laughs) Yeah, and what Oyster Bill does sometimes, he has an extra room and he'll rent it out to people in town because it's Bilgewater. So it's constantly people coming in and out. And we get this room rented this night to our smiling enigma, Neela. And she just kicked graves through a wall. (laughs) That's how we're starting. And uh, longtime listeners of our show will know that we are always big fans of immediate Sakuga. So yeah. <laughs> we have no complaints here. You kick him through another wall. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And Graves is like during this experience because it's Graves, right? He's He's a formidable person to deal with. Um, but he's continued to say that he did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and she, he's like, you, you're looking for like Senna or one of the other dudes that I used to hang out with, but not me. I have nothing for you. And Nyla doesn't, or Nila doesn't believe him. And we find out that Graves has been dodging her for weeks in Bilgewater to avoid this specific moment. And you know, she knows he's been dodging her, so he must be guilty. (laughs) Like, it's even funnier, too, because it's like, it's like, it's Graves is saying, I did nothing wrong, right? (laughs) Um, Stop hitting me. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten the the joy of covering like a Graves specific episode yet, but if you you listen to our Twisted Fate episode, Graves does not surround himself with the most honest of people. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he is not the most honest of people. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. This was like the perfect way of just starting off this story of just Graves like, no, no, you want someone else? It's like, the old, it's like a spaghetti western right out the gate. <laughs> and because we start with chaos a little bit into the into the story here, 
we get some perspective. So Neela has just appeared in Bilgewater almost out of nowhere overnight and just began her monster slaying. And that started building the name for herself, which if you remember, is her goal. And no one knows anything about her. And people didn't really take her Kafkani heritage at face value because it hasn't existed for 700 years, right? And once again, remember, I'm the warrior of Ashlesh. I'm Kafkani. It sounds like a serial liar, right? Someone who just, well, but she's killing monsters. She's t- <laughs> so that's the part, like Hetch mentioned, she's kind of reinforcing the fact that she has some supernatural uh, relation to something. Uh, and the only thing people know, go ahead. I It just hit me. We're uh-huh. looking at this wrong. She's Korra. She's Korra from Avatar. Oh, shit. Like literally just jumping out going, I am Neela. I'm Cathcotty. Deal with it. <laughs> like, that's literally what she's doing. That's actually a very good comparison. Yeah. I We're see dumb. It. <laughs> yeah. And the, the only thing people know outside of that, because one thing we want to reiterate is Neela is simple. She's pretty she's a pretty straightforward character. It's just that mm-hmm. her impact because of the, the chaotic nature of what she's doing makes her seem bigger and more complicated. But she's very simple. And she's looking for the so-called Order of Sentinels. And Graves hears this with the grapevine because – or grapevine. How's it work? Is it a grapevine or grapevine? What, what, I don't actually don't know. It, it's grapevine. Grapevine. Okay. She hears this because it's Bilgewater. It's a port town. Everyone's talking. And he just starts running. And that's why he's been dodging her. Not because he has anything really to hide. He just doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> I mean, well, and that also just kind of matches like Graves' nature, uh, mm-hmm. which we, um, for the listeners, like the Twisted Fate episode is the best uh, example of this. But Graves, by nature, like is, um, since he is someone who is either doing a really dirty job mm-hmm. or somebody who is hunting down other people who do dirty jobs, the less you're on radar, the better, yeah. right? Like for him, it's just a knee jerk reaction of like someone's looking for me. Oh crap! I don't, <laughs> I don't know what pissed off family member it is, but I'm I gotta lay low, right? Like that's just that's yeah. just graves. Um, and as far as like for Neela, like it, it's one thing to just be like you know hunting someone who wants to lay low, but she's literally putting it on every local broadcast. That she possibly can right yeah. it's like she doesn't care if you're gonna lay low which is probably making this interaction even worse for graves because it's so different than what he's used to <laughs> yeah. right like he's expecting someone to try to tail him secretly and he's yeah. looking over his shoulder constantly and instead she's on a soapbox with a megaphone yep saying his whole name his whole <laughs> christian name like his mom's <laughs> mad at him <laughs> So that ends part one. We're going to part two, and we're back in the bar. Graves is now searching through the rubble for his gun. <laughs> and <laughs> during this time, he's telling Neela, I don't know anything about El Viego. And <laughs> we know he's lying. <laughs> and if you listen to our Sentinel episodes, you know he's lying too. <laughs> and at this moment, he's also kind of panicking because he knows she's mad and pissed. But this is him with a firsthand experience of watching her smile the whole time and also knowing that she's capable of killing insane monsters. Yeah. And he's uh, deciding to lie to her, 
while he's looking for his gun. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that you mentioned the smiling part because, like, he even notes that, like, when he says the lie, yeah. her smile doesn't break, but the corners of her smile start twitching oh, no. as if she wants to break the smile and can't. And it's, like, even more unnerving than if she just frowned at him. <laughs> and she reinforces that fear and she tells him straight up, you are man-sized, and killing you would be easy. What the fuck? <laughs> all right, so officially, I, I'm going to make this canon, yeah. all right? Like, the casuals of Runeterra have spoken. <gasps> Neela is the Giga Chad of Runeterra. <laughs> she is the Sigma male. <laughs> yep. I've, I've, I have Cue spoken. music. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the music. Oh, I, I'm just in awe of your dub. <laughs> <laughs> so at this moment, he finds his gun. Remember, he calls it New Destiny. And so I started blasting. You know that meme? And he notices <laughs> the bullets are just floating around her. Oh, he can't tell God. if she's dodging or if they're being deflected. But he says when he shoots them at her, it's like it's shooting underwater. And if you ever watched a video of a bullet being shot underwater, physics... Go look at the rest, okay? She disarms him again, gets rid of the gun, <laughs> and at that moment, he believes he sees something weird, which are these blue phantasmal hands in the air around him. And now I want to make a very uh, recent uh, reference here, which is Chainsaw Man. So if you know how the uh, demonic and curse contracts work in Chainsaw Man, that's kind of what I think of, especially the flower demon. And Himeno, how oh, okay. that works is what I'm imagining he is seeing. But for Neela, and this reinforces our suspicion about her being possessed. All right. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm wearing my uh, blue light glasses right now because <laughs> I can hit you with a. Uh, well, actually. Oh no. Because um, you you started off with Chainsaw Man, and then you named a demon from Jujutsu Kaisen. The flower demon Himeno is from Jujutsu. No, no, no. Himeno's the character, the flower demon, we don't know the name of, right? Uh, well, so the flower demon in jujitsu, like the guy that sprouts wood, his name's Himeno. I know that. Okay. But we're just anime. Okay, so this is the problem with us being on Because <laughs> 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 remember, Himeno's the character. She has, right? Blindfold or the eye patch. That's oh. And her okay. demon is the flower we don't know the name of the demon though so i'm not naming the demon i'm naming the character with the demon okay 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 yeah. okay all right we're back right. on track folks all right <laughs> this is what happens when you consume too much content this we're, is the god we're nerds for all y'all out there god we're nerds but this is why know. we get so bad at each other <laughs> <laughs> there there's a lovely meme i'm gonna send you later where it's like no this weeb shit requires my fists yeah don't watch <laughs> over 100 shonens it's not good for your health <laughs> but yeah. but like like to that point though i uh, because like it it very well could be uh like along those lines it still works which yeah. also it also matches the scripture that we got at the beginning right like because especially with chainsaw man the more you sacrifice the p more powerful you get yep and that scripture says i just want you yep. so like if you sacrifice literally your everything you in theory, would have the full power of the demon, but you would be gone, right? Correct. So, 
that that's a good comparison. I, yeah. um, and like it, it, it's something that is also reinforced by the fact that we just don't know what right. Neela did. Like no one knows what happened to Neela. Those ten years in hell. And as Runeterra journalist with integrity, we think. This is enough evidence to continue to push our narrative, which is she is possessed by Ashlash. And it's kind of a problem. But we get to a point where in this fight, Neela decides, okay, although Graves lied to her, he isn't the sentinel she's looking for after fighting him for a bit. And she she's her weapon, right? So things kind of die down a bit. We get some dialogue here. I'm not going to read it out. Go check out the story because we always want you to read the stories even after you listen because it's still a pleasant experience in our opinion. And then we hear outside, (laughs) we're here for the serpent slayer. (laughs) And outside there's a dozen mercenaries or half a dozen mercenaries and a giant deep eater, which is just another one of the many monsters in the Bilgewater Ocean um, that they actually tamed and they're ready to cause some trouble. And this is really cool because, um, for the most part, again, like Neela was even saying, Graves, you're man sized. Mm-hmm. Like, I get nothing out of killing you. So you might as well tell me the truth. Uh, and then she hears they're looking for the serpent slayer. They're all man sized. She's going to get nothing out of kill. Wait, that monster looks big, though. Uh huh. And that was their mistake. <laughs> She's even disappointed when she finds out it's not as big as they can get. It's kind of like a baby version. <laughs> she wanted it to be bigger. Yeah, she literally pulls up like a Wikipedia article that says how big they can get. Right. Uh, you know, to reinforce a point that you made earlier for the listeners out there, if you haven't noticed by how much we're laughing, the story's very entertaining. Oh, it's fun. Like, yeah. go read it. All right. Uh, but, you know, that takes us to part three. <laughs> yeah, because they give her the whole, <laughs> we don't like your kind around here speech, right? And you're you're sucking up all the business and, you know, immigrants are taking our job. That whole thing, it's literally that. And, she, and then she introduced herself in the dramatic fashion she usually does, unsheaths her weapon again, which Graves is like, oh, fuck, and begins <laughs> to literally do the devil's uh-huh. work. Uh, and we're not going to read it here, but like another reason to read this is like the, on this unsheathing of her weapon, we get a lot of details of what it mm-hmm. looks like. Uh, and like it just reinforces like how little we know about who the hell Neela is. Uh, and it's but it's so cool. It's well written how how it looks here. So it's another reason to go read this. Yeah. So in part three, uh, after wit- witnessing the carnage that Neela just produced. Uh, with that gleeful smile on her face, Graves was more than happy to answer any fucking question she had. So they sit down, they have a little combo, and he tells her about how they beat Viego. Once again, go listen to our many Sentinel Lights episodes, the comic, etc., where we go into depth about that whole situation, how that played out. But he gives her that spiel. And she tells him that it's only temporary. He's like, well, shit, we can do it again. She's like, no, 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 no. Since the magic imprisoning him is temporary, he must not be allowed to return because with him existing as he is, he introduces a unique demonic magic into Runeterra, which will have reverberating effects. Now, this is the most, I want to say, sophisticated Neela has been so far (laughs) as far as explaining the scope of a problem and not the solution, obviously, because that's always a secret, Um, but... It also is a big deal in general, just on things we've been talking about. Because if you think about mass, 
right? Let's let's talk about the real world. You can't destroy mass, right? It's just it's reconstituting something else. She's talking about a whole new concept of magic disruption introduced with Viego's existence. And we know what magic already does to Runeterra and the many different forms as it exists in different realms. Um, How many ruinations are we at? Go ahead. How many ruinations are we at? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is present time, right? Yeah. So Graves doesn't really understand, even though he was a part of the Sentinel Lights for a bit, and then he pawned all the shit off. (laughs) But... He was a part of the Sentinel's Lights, and he got to experience that. He still does not understand the scope she's trying to explain to him. And he also doesn't know that, you know, as we know, she's possessed by a demon, so she's seen things. Right. And, like, as far as within this conversation, too, like, there's even moments where, you know, she's talking about how, like, because we get to learn a lot of, like, the aftermath of the ruinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of like a nuclear fallout where um, instead of a nuclear, you know, like a radiation-filled zone, yeah. it's more that, like, it causes a ripple in the spirit realm that – or specifically the underworld that brings demons out. Yeah. And so this this is, could also be, like, one of the reasons that we get to see – you know, more monster hunters out there like Vane and Vane being able to recruit, recruit more people and what led up to the events of the Sentinels of Light would just be like one of these ripples from a ruination. Uh, so like we get a lot of details of this conversation. Then it's also derailed by the fact that Graves is like, so, so are you, are you a demon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is not an unfair question. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's it. it Graves is great, man, because it's it's something that he definitely did not sign up for, and it's getting a lot bigger than he thought. Um, and even when we talk about Sentinel of Lights, he didn't really have a major role. He was just kind of helping out, right? He got no. He literally got dragged in. Like, yeah, he got dragged into the whole thing, and he like, got some sweet gear out of it. So, which he pawned. Which he pawned. I love Graves. <laughs> so during this back and forth, Graves gets a bit distracted by if you've seen her character drawings before her in game by that globe, that prismatic liquid globe that's on her her waist, and she says, "Hey." Don't look too closely into it. Pay attention because the beast is always hungry. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and this is all the immediately on the heels of him being like, so, so, so are you a demon? Yeah, and she still hasn't <laughs> like, answered him. <laughs> and she kept her answer vague because it's like her answer was essentially yes, but no. <laughs> Which, what does that mean? And then don't look at it too long. It's hungry. What's hungry? (laughs) (laughs) So at the end, she stands up and she's gotten everything she needed. She's like, okay, it's late. I have no more questions. You're no longer useful for me. Take it easy, Malcolm Graves. And she also tells him, can you let Bill know (laughs) that I'm sorry for damn near destroying his bar? (laughs) And Graves is like, sure, whatever. And he walks around dumbfounded on what just happened in like a couple hours of his night in Bilgewater, and he stares out into the street where there's six bodies mutilated and a, ha- a monster sliced in half and just says, the Sentinels ruined my life. But neat lady, though. <laughs> that's where our story ends. 
I love Graves so much. I cannot wait until we get to dive into his story. Oh man! <laughs> but but I mean, like great we, cameo, great cameo. Yeah, it was Chef's kiss of a cameo. Mm-hmm. But like, we get to learn a lot about Neela, and I think like what makes it so fun with everything that we get to learn is that everything we learn just produces more questions. Yeah, and like that, that's. That's what you want like this kind of character to be, right? Because this is the only outlook that we have into the underworld. Uh, that's something we touched a lot on in her bio episode uh, is that we we know very little about it. And she is our gateway to it. And she won't tell us a thing. Yeah. Um, whereas like Kaisa, oh, Kaisa was more than willing to tell you how the void works. Yeah. Because Kaisa wants to kill it. All right. So because uh, it's going to eat us all. You got to help me. Neela doesn't want your help. And Neela's goals also, we don't even know if she wants to deal with the underworld. Maybe she's just advancing its agenda because who can tell? She's talking about these evil demons that get, you know, riled up by these ruination-esque calamities. And she's smiling the whole time she's talking about it. So what does she want? And this brings us back to, you know, my previous Chainsaw Man reference because in that show, in that manga, in everything... It focuses on the overlapping of these demons and curses and things that you interact with, fiends, and what are their motives? Because some of them are participating in the acts of good, but they're not inherently good things, right? They're more just tools. So is Neela just being used as a tool? Is Ashlesh just being used as a tool? And whose goals are being accomplished here? with her quest to defeat like all these monsters, no matter what they are, right? We know that she wants to go fight Volibear and there, she has these goals, but like what's driving her outside of like this, not this episode, this story reinforces something of a greater goal. But we also know she just doesn't want it to affect Kathkani. So she's trying to fight things as she presents it, but Kathkani doesn't exist anymore. So what are you doing? I mean, not only does Kefkani not exist anymore, like the, you know, killing the serpents in this area, like mm-hmm. it does give her fame and glory. Um, we do get to see that some of the populace feels like it's taking jobs from them. Yeah. While others of the populace feel like she's saving lives. But it's like, okay, when we think about it of like, is that actually, you know, helping the overall goal of dealing with Viego? Probably not. Yeah. And then we know from her bio, she's like, yo, I heard about a bear (laughs) in the frail yard. Yeah. That sounds like a good fight. What in the world is that going to, how in the world is that going to help Kathani? (laughs) How in the world is that going to stop Viego? Yeah. Because I I don't think, I don't think Viego gives two craps about Volibear or even knows he exists, right? Like who cares? And many things are few things are further from the ruins of uh ruins of camivore than frail yord right like <laughs> like legitimately the farthest she could get from ground zero is the frail yord and that's where she's like yeah that sounds like a good place to go so it's like what what are your goals here and for me it kind of feels more like um th- this is a throwback mm. to uh a show that has a very, very strong fandom. So if I mess stuff up, oh, I am a casual fan. Don't crucify oh, me, please. Here we go. All right. But it reminds me a lot of like a character like Crowley from Supernatural. Okay. Because Crowley, when he first shows up, he's a demon. 
it, plain and simple. Yeah. He's evil. Don't yeah, like that's the threat. Yeah, he, Crowley's a threat. Uh, but then like as the show goes on and they get progressively, you know, into deeper Armageddon levels of threats, mm-hmm. uh, like there are times where Crowley's like, hey. I'm going to give you guys a, just a little nudge in the right direction. Uh, and it's and they know that it's for like some weird political game that he's playing in hell. Like he is just advancing his own agenda in hell. But they're for, you know, for the Winchester brothers, they're like, you know, the enemy of my enemies, my friend right now. Yeah. So screw it. We'll. Will take the help right now, and while constantly, when he's away, being like, "Hey, hey, don't fall for Crowley's shit, okay? Like, don't do, don't fall for it. All right, just just one time. All right." And it, it kind of feels more like that to me with Neela, where it's like, we don't know what game she's playing. Yeah, she's playing a completely different game, but at the moment, she's trying to find the Sentinels of Light because she wants to deal with Viego to save an extinct kingdom. Oh, okay. Well, Viego's going to kill us all if we don't deal with him. So I guess we'll let the we'll let her do her thing, yeah. right? <laughs> but like, um, we haven't touched Volibear yet. But if you listen to our Anivia and our Orin episodes, um, Volibear is at the same level as those two. Yeah. For the Freljord. So essentially, that's like one of the living forces of the land of the Freljord itself. Like, that's almost a spirit of the land, essentially, in physical form. So if she were to actually hunt down Volibear, and if she does have, like, the power to kill something like Volibear, we're talking, like, we're talking of, like, an ecosystem change that would be catastrophic for all the Ferelyord at the minimum, yeah. if not all of the Valoran continent. Who does that help? <laughs> yeah. Who does that help? Why? It's, I, so it, it's weird. Yeah, I also, I, I also, when you were talking about Crowley, I was also thinking about Spike from Buffy, right? In the same yeah. thing, right? There's a lot of instances of that in just fantasy in general. Um, but to see Neela play that role is very neat. Hatch and I was ta- were talking about this off the, you know, off the cast, off air, if you want to say. Um, but we didn't expect to have this much fun with this character. And the way she fills the the role, especially with the story, is very well done. Because there's even hints of, you know, outside of possession, this could possibly be a curse, right? Where she has to do this. Where she has to constantly be fighting monsters or else there's some ultimate end. Or something more greater than something that would just affect her, right? We don't know. But she can't, maybe she can't tell us because that's part of the, the agreement, right? Yeah, like... Or, or you know, maybe she's not telling us because she's not actually Neela, and that That's you know, the- Neela, <laughs> and Neela's just dead in the underworld, and her lifeless corpse yeah. has been just lifted back up to life by Ashlesh being like, ha ha, at last, not bound to the underworld. Yeah, um, and and the fact that like you know it's all kind of hinging around the Freljord and the Blessed Isles, or now the Shadow Isles. Like, since a lot of this is hinging in the water, what if there's some correlation with the deep? Because no one knows what the hell the deep is either. And the people that came out of the deep, one, they're not going to talk about it. (laughs) And two, seeing as like just on our show, we covered Pike and Nautilus. You don't want to see them, let alone talk to them. 
if you see them, you're likely not seeing anything else for the rest of your days. Yeah. And by days, I mean breaths. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it, it, there's just so many questions that it brings up, and, but that's what makes it fun. This is the kind of stuff that we eat up yeah. as far as like people that enjoy reading into stories. And this is the kind of stuff that you get excited for with an MMO because the side quest potential is limitless. Uh, like of just like, oh, God, look at all of these dead corpses, like all these sunken ships, and there's like five giant serpents just cut into pieces. Yeah. What happened here? Talk to this NPC. Oh, was, Neela was here saying something about a bear to the north. Go follow her. <laughs> like, this, that'd be fun. All right. Yeah. Period. I don't care who you are. It's so just kind of wrap this up if you've listened to our neela episodes you probably have much more understanding of this character than many people who enjoy her because when she came out the way she was advertised the way she is in game she's like a joyful adc right and people just let, leaned into that and started you know fangirling over it and like okay i like this character a lot i like the personality but didn't really dig into the story so for them to put this type of story behind this character is ambitious I think that's a that's yeah. a very because that that gives her a major role in a, in, in the overarching I mean, world, especially especially before reading the story, it was like Neela was received the way that I feel like Riot intended Zeri to be yep. received, and then it's like oh so it's another kind of story like that oh no, oh no it's not like that at yep. all, it's, she's not a joyous little girl at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so. If you stuck around with us for this stuff, because we've had fun with Neela, we have fun with a lot of these characters. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon, as always, with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Peace.